Surprise, motherfucker. This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on the Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jake Johnson. Uh, bet you didn't think we dropping an episode on Wednesday. Surprise, motherfucker. Um, but we got to sit down with Wayne State Theater and Dance the other day. And what better way to kick off Black History Month tomorrow than this really dope episode about a really important topic. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, Dame. So uh, this week we have Wayne State Theater and Dance inside of the building, inside of the shop this week. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can we uh, introduce ourselves? We can just go around. Yes. Hi, my name is Briere Tender, and I am a current graduate actor at Wayne State University in the Department of Theater and Dance. Uh, my name is Ernest Bentley. Uh, I am also a Wayne State grad student in my third year from Detroit. Okay. Uh, what's up? What's up? Brandon A. Wright, also a third-year graduate student uh, at Wayne. And my name is Belicia Charnell Hines. I'm um, professor and director of the Black Theater Program in the um, department. Mm. I like that title. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so you guys are all actors as well? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm just curious, how long have you guys been in acting? Is that like always a passion or something that, something that just started when you went to Wayne State? or? Well, for me, it was a little different. I grew up a dancer. Okay. Um, in undergrad, I majored in business and then switched to theater. Okay. So I've only been acting for about six years now. How do you like it? I love it. <laughs> Has it changed who you are as a person? Yes. It's made me understand humanity in a way that I don't think I would have if I hadn't gotten into theater. Okay. Hmm. And how about yourself, sir? Uh, well... It's always been something I, I did sort of as a hobby and as a way to sort of cope with the environment I was in. Uh, but I didn't get serious about acting until uh, I went to high school. I went to CAS, so I had uh, MC, uh, who was uh, the first sort of theater guru I came up under. And then I sort of uh, got into theater school, went to undergrad for theater. And back in Wayne, I was living in New York for a bit. So it's a passion. It's sort of a purpose in yeah. a way. So. MC was an amazing teacher. She she was she, man. She touched so many lives. I went to cast too. Awesome. Right? And I I didn't come likewise. Through, yeah yeah. I didn't yeah. come to the theater. You went to cast as well. Yeah. Oh wow. Everywhere. Yeah. There's only two type of people in this. World. <laughs> Can you say it again? <laughs> I graduated from somewhere else though. <laughs> so maybe three type of people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But she changed so many lives. Yeah. Touched so many lives. Yeah. And the impact that she left in like the arts department. I mean, it's it's never going to it's never going to go away. Never, man, never. It's crazy. Oh, it's my turn. Um, I started acting in high school. Okay. Uh, before I went to high school, I I was dead set on being a lawyer. Actually, I like went to like goofy lawyer kid camp and stuff like that. <laughs> like, it was serious. So they have those. They have those. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, when I went to high school, I went to see uh, a play called Gem of the Ocean by August Wilson. Okay. Uh, and Felicia Rashad was in it. You know her from The Cosby Show. Oh, cool. Right, right. Um, and uh, so after intermission, I snuck my way down to the front row 
and sat down. And she's the first person on stage at the second half of the show. And she walked out on stage and I start crying. Mm. To this day, I can't explain to you why I'm crying, but I'm crying during the whole second half of the show, it's right? Because it's Miss Because it's Miss Huxable on stage. And so we get back on the bus and I call my mother and I'm, Ma, I, so, so, right? And I'm out of, out of character um, and realized that night that I had to be able to do that. Like okay. what she did to me that night, I have to do that okay. for somebody else. Um, so that was my sort of lead in. And um, ever since then, it's, it's been the only thing I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and I've had a chance to see her, you know, a couple of times since then. And I haven't cried like that. <laughs> but she still Did you has share that, that moment with I, her? I have not shared it. With, I haven't seen her one on one. I've seen okay. her on stage. Um, and, um, you know, I've always said to myself, when I work with her, I'll tell, you know, mm. so we'll keep that energy in the universe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's sort of why I do it, you know what I mean? Like, to, to be able to have that sort of impact on another human, I think, is is incredible. Um, so that's what... That's funny. I read something about her this this morning. Um, her, as well as Denzel, pay for one of the actors. Yeah, they from, pay um, for more than more than her. Yeah. Um, she She's... Um, her, I don't know, this, you know, Felicia Rashad, like, she's just always been that kind of It's a different level being. of black excellence yeah, that yeah. she is. Um, so the way that she inspires on stage and off stage, I mean, she directs, she um, she teaches, mm-hmm. she speaks. Um, so just, just her, I think she's the person who made me realize that it's not just about acting, but it's about art, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that, that to be creative is on and off stage to be an artist is on and off stage um so she's she's more than an inspiration as an actor yeah you know just to be an artist and what that means as a as a human being um to live a life of of artistry you know mm. yeah and how did you come about well oh, um lord <laughs> <laughs> well i always wanted to perform ever since i was a little girl um mm-hmm. And Cosby Show was my show. Um, um, Keisha Knight Pullum, we're the same age. So I was Rudy every time that (laughs) show was on. And I would act it out. And that was always my thing. In school, I was always trying to be in all the, like, stupid elementary plays and, you know, the little pigs and all that kind of stuff. And then I really started taking it seriously in middle school. I tried to audition for some um, the local college, and I didn't get it. I was mad. Um, but I looked like a baby. Um, but then by the time my ninth grade year, I was um, asking if I could just at least stage manage, do whatever. And then from there, I just went on, did summer programs, and, and then really got um, involved with them throughout high school. And then I went away to school my last year um, to study more and then just kept on going and been performing, going to grad school and been teaching, ended up doing more educational theater mm-hmm. more than anything. And then um, um, I taught in North Carolina and now I'm teaching here at Wayne State. And so it's always been a passion of mine and just um, being able to transform lives and um just like a preacher, just like in um, so many other fields, this is a message right. that we're um, that we're giving, and we can change these lives. And just like him, Felicia Rashad is like someone I've always dreamt to perform with and talk to. I've met her one time, and it was just being able to touch her hand. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm worshiping a human being, but it's just that she's just such a beautiful person inside yeah. and out. And um, and just thinking of her, and also my mentor who. Um, um, who helped teach me just those two women just make me want to be a better person. Um, and so um, 
and and so with that message, I, you know, I always want to find a way to make a difference in what I do in my art. You know, it takes artists to speak that passionately about anything. (laughs) No, in real life. So whether it's a a painter, whether it's an artist, because athletes are artists in their own in their own right, right. Mm -hmm. and they speak with a level of passion that only comes from art. So it's not really just about entertainment most of the times. It is something deeper. Mm -hmm. So how is it trying to teach that? It's not easy trying to teach it because you're dealing with other people's issues. Right. And and you have to chisel through all that to really get to, you know, what they need. And so many issues that are going on throughout the day can hinder that. Mm -hmm. And I try to bring energy within the room um, and then tell them to like leave their baggage at the door so then we can focus on this art and you know and in a way you know some things in your life you can't change you can't change your mama your daddy and whatever you can't change Trump and all that mess right but you can change the way you react to a lot of things and you can change the way you go about life and I try to instill that and and instill humor and in a, in, in a sense of empowerment mm-hmm. Because more than anything, whether you are performing on stage, you are performing throughout life. Absolutely. And then you can use these skills in whatever you do to make a difference. Mm. Uh, so the theater is like, in my eyes, that's like, I don't want to say real acting, but it takes a, a different level of acting. Um, have you guys only done theater? Have you done movies as well, films? Uh, for the most part, I've only done theater. I know Brandon uh, started in in film training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm from New Jersey, New York originally, so okay. I um, was you know blessed to have a few opportunities out there in both theater and film. Um, and I think um, I think you're right to a degree. You know, it's it's it just requires a different um, application of the of the same tools basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think being on stage is where you really learn about. The, the the uniqueness of sharing space and energy with another human. You know what I mean? The camera um is not a is not a person, so it's not gonna give you the same yeah, response. Energy. You know yeah, what absolutely. I mean? And and to be able to do the same show, the same script, the same words with someone night after night, but not know how that's gonna go until you get there. You know what I mean? Um it it, it makes you present and alive in a way that I don't think anything else mm-hmm. ever can. You know what I mean? I like to think that like being on camera gives you like a certain type of safety net. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. You, you know, you can call cut and mm-hmm. you can do mm-hmm. takes up, mm-hmm. you know, up until so you the, get it right. You know what I mean? little water droplet. I need more yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, when you're then, in front of a crowd, it, yeah, you don't, that's it. if you lose it tonight, it's lost. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And you know what, when you're, when you're on stage, then it becomes about it becomes so much less about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On camera, if I'm looking at you, then that's all that I see. You know, right. on stage, we got to pull a scene together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's about everything that's happening in that moment. Um, and I, that's what's so exciting about it. You know what I mean? Like we can do, like I said, the same scene today and tomorrow. It could be the same words, but a completely different mood to right. the scene. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that's something that you're only going to get when you walk into the theater. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize, too, that the audience plays such a big part of that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, we, Mm -hmm. if there's no audience, there's no show, you know? And so when when we, as the actors, get the energy of the people who walk in the room, and one audience can find something completely hysterical, and another audience can be silent 
you know, the next night or, or crying or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that, that a lot of people say the audience is the third actor because that energy is what helps us navigate how we tell the story. Yeah, crowd mm-hmm. reaction, crowd yeah, control is yeah. going to change. It's, it's a completely change factor, up the... A huge factor, yeah. It's an interesting statement that um, if there's no crowd, then there's no show. There's no mm-hmm. show. So there was a, there's a particular show um, that we guys, we are here to talk about. Um, somebody want to say what we're here, to, what, what the name of it and what it's about? Our director. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's called Color Museum. It's about George C. Wolf, and he has received so many awards. Um, he's prestigious <laughs> director, playwright, um, an artist um, originally from Kentucky, and he's um, he was um, artistic director of the Public Theater. Right. Um, and um, I can I just went blank on some of the shows that he's just um, he just directed, and, and, and he's went, getting ready to do. Um, He's getting ready to direct uh, Denzel Washington in The Iceman Coming oh, on Broadway. Yeah, They're that's working right. on that. Um, and so he's just a, a prolific fantastic. playwright and artist. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're putting on a play that was produced originally in the 80s. Okay. And, um, and it caused a lot of controversy then because, I mean, this play really sticks it at you in, like, it says a lot of taboo stuff and... And does it in a satire. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, we have folks walking on the stage with chains on. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and so we go there and we don't, and we don't care. Okay. And, um, and it's about, you know, it's telling white people that, you know, yes, you had something to do with our butts coming over here. Because, I mean, we didn't, like, grow, grab a boat ourselves in Africa and, like, right. row over here and say <laughs> we want to pick cotton. Right, right, you know? right. Um, and then also the black people, don't be ashamed of what happened to you. You know, um, um, what happened in slavery, what, what happened for the reasons why we got here and all the atrocities that happened, that wasn't, that wasn't us. That happened to us. But what's so powerful um, about us as a people is that we kept bouncing back and making a difference through all the obstacles that we have um, faced. So it goes through all of um, different areas, dealing with hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> with black women specifically, mm-hmm. dealing with just literally even in um, one of the exhibits, throwing away your past, mm-hmm. um, um, dealing with um, um, having children at a young age and dealing with and, and, and using that symbolism as the birth of um, um, black babies coming out of a white racist system. Mm-hmm. Um um, so many a variety of things. Um, um, one of them is called "Last Mama on the Couch." It's saying if you um, if you um, if you want to live, you must dance, and you know. And it's speaking of how like so so many times in life, the black people we have to dance to be able to live. Mm. Meaning dance of like yes, shuck and jive yeah, yeah, yeah. to get by, mm-hmm. so then we don't end up dead on the streets and end up in the news because a, um, a cop killed us because they thought that we were a thug or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, and so um, it goes there, mm-hmm. and um, um, and but it goes there where you're laughing, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, that, right. that's not funny anymore. Right, right. But right. then it, so it goes back and forth in all those different areas, and um, and and really opens up the conversation to talk about race. Now, um, off air, you were speaking about instead of um, scenes, they have exhibits. Yeah, Can it's called. That- it's called exhibits because it's called Colored Museum, and okay. a museum has different exhibits. So you're going, um, and we literally have, you will be, like, um, sliding into a new exhibit 
on stage. On stage, you'll see that it will um, revolve around. And, okay. we're, and I'm not going to describe all how that's going to be done. But right, right. All of a sudden, there's this new exhibit that's going to pop open um, to life. And it's just like these monuments or whatnot. They come to life, and the monuments are the actors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're coming to life telling their story in that one um, moment in time or that particular situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so very powerful, and you will see all of that evolve and change before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the quote-unquote black history Play, um, yeah, it's, it, it can be looked. <laughs> yeah, 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 it can be looked as that. Um, um, and and the reason why I hesitate because we've had black plays that are not in February. Yeah, and so, but yes, this is they try to do a play that's um, in February, mm-hmm. um, or at least something. And um, and this this year we're doing a play for Black History Month, and that is um, one of our focuses. It sounds like it's a controversial kind of decision or or play within itself. Yes. What made you, I guess, kind of go in this direction? Is this just a social climate? Is this something that you were, a project you were just really passionate about? Well, I mean, I like the play. And and also my other colleagues, we have a committee who selects these plays, and they like this play too. So it's not, and I'm the you know only you know African American on the committee. So it's hmm. other white people who enjoy this play, and they and they were you know all hyped about it too. So it's not you know just oh I just wanted to do this. Um, the committee wanted to do this, um, but at the same time I've always wanted to direct the entire play. I've directed bits and pieces of it, okay. but not all of it in in its entirety. And you guys are all starring in, in yes, this. Yes, yeah, have yeah. Press in it. Yeah. Yes. How I'm so I'm assuming that you guys already had started um, rehearsals and everything. Oh yeah, yes. we open yeah, we, um, next we Friday. Open next Friday so <laughs> How we... long does preparation for a play like this typically take? Um, well, we've been in rehearsal since December before Christmas break. Okay. And so, um, but through that time, they were um, in other shows at the same time. But still, we started it in like. Um, beginning of December, yeah, December fifth, yeah. the fifth, something like that. And then we had break, and then we came back and rehearsing and getting it going. But it's a lot of things that go on in this play. Mm-hmm. You know, working on singing. There's going to be singing in it. I mean, um, dancing. You know, um, and 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 with um, and even with the design, there's so many projections that are going on. Now, some of those things, like directly within rehearsal, they don't necessarily. They may not have seen, but it's a lot of things. As a director, I have to. We have production meetings. And I'm dealing with the scene design, the projection design, lighting, sound. Hands on with everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And so it's a so all that takes time. Uh, so I do have a question, right? So how typically do you guys promote each individual play? How is that typically done? So how do you fill up the fill up the the arena or or the the seats? Well. Generally speaking, um, at Wayne State, they have they, they have a subscription base, okay, and and people subscribe, and usually, you know, yes, we have subscribers. They come and they like um, they're you know paying for the entire season, okay, and then you know we do publicity with um, there's general publicity about uh, all the plays and whatnot in locations, and they make posters and certain um, TV announcements about and send things through email and everything like that. Um, but unfortunately, um, that doesn't necessarily get to the African-American community. Mm. And, and so we primarily have a white base of subscribers. Okay. And, and, and also they are elderly. So they are knocking on death's door. Not gotcha. to be funny, but it's true. 
And and so um, and so it's a very conservative base. It's a lot of the people, um, uh, uh, the um, the white subscribers. They don't live in Detroit. Mm-hmm. They live in the outer areas of Detroit, and so they come in. And they, you know, pay for their parking. They have their dinner at Shangri-La or any nearby area over there. And then, you know, and then they go back home in their area where they're from. Right. And so they're used to being within this closed-off society of basically watching white plays. That was my next and, question. And, um, and so when, when um, all of a sudden, um, and also um, in the past, um, with the grad program, there's been like maybe one or two, you know, one pepper in the salt shaker right. within the program. So you may see that one black person perform um, in these um, predominantly um, um, traditionally white shows. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, ooh, look at all these the you know, black folk coming yeah. up on the stage and they're yeah. playing roles that we don't see them playing or they, sh- you know, they don't think they should be playing. And so that causes controversy. And then on top of that, Oh my God, you are producing black plays? That doesn't include me. I don't want to be a part of that because that's not my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not racist. Uh yes, you are, because you just said that. So, um, so it becomes a problem because they don't feel comfortable with that. They um they look at the posters and they see an all black um they see all all uh, all black people on the posters, mm-hmm. and then they see the description, the African American experience. Oh, that's not mine, mm. mm-hmm. and so that scares people away. And when you talk about race, um, especially now when um, people are well, I put this way: white people are really afraid of being called a racist right now. Yeah, it's it's taboo, um, and so then they. Um, what I find around here, they tend to avoid it. I'm from the South. I'm from North Carolina. So, okay. And I find this to be a very um, segregated area. Michigan and Detroit. Southeast specific, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically. And so um, people don't want to talk about race and talk about the issues. And I feel um, people clenching their behinds every time you know I open my mouth or even when I walk in all white spaces. And so because they're not used to talking about that because they left out of here during the white flight yeah. and they don't want to deal with it. So from my understanding, because this play is coming up, people didn't turn some tickets in. Like they don't want to support it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Neither are we. You know I mean? like, Neither and, are we. To be frank, I mean, I'm not okay with that. And mean, Neither are we. then... <laughs> During Black History Month, like, no, nah, yeah. right. we're not going to see. And right. I understand that. So there's not people, of, there's not black people in all the plays. So the one time we do get a chance to shine, right. um, the people in these different areas it's are giving the tickets the back up. That it needs. Right. Yeah. And well, it's, I mean, it's, it's I, I um, one of my favorite quotes says, art should disturb the comfortable and yeah. comfort the disturbed. And I think that this play is such a perfect example of that mm-hmm. because it speaks directly to the heart of the subject of race. And it, it calls to our attention the, the, the events and the circumstances and the stereotypes around how we got to where we are. And if people are afraid to have those conversations, then we're never going to be able to, to progress. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, there, I, I think it's, it's foolish to say this has nothing to do with me. Has I, I don't, it has everything to do with everybody yeah. because we're all here. Do you know what I mean? And, and so for people to, to um, 
so easily dismiss what they don't know. Do you know what I mean? We we haven't um, we haven't released any more than and correct me if I'm wrong than a flyer with a picture of two of our cast members and a brief description of the show. There's no video footage. There's no uh, there's no heavy breakdown of the show anywhere. And so for me, as as a member of this show, to hear someone say, oh, this has nothing to do with me, how do you know? You have no idea what it's about. You on a, Are you on a flyer? I'm not on the flyer, no. Oh, because I'd have taken that ultra personally. Uh, then it'd be up like extra person. I'm on right. the flyer and right. now you don't want to come. I don't want to like, I, I, I ain't been on a poster before. And now um, you don't want to come. But it, it just, I mean, it's a reminder of the importance that art plays in this world. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And... I look at it this way. The things that we're doing, again, George Wolfe has written it in a satirical way, which means that it it makes fun of some things, right? But the things that we're doing on stage for this hour and a half was 24-7, 365-day life for our ancestors, right? They didn't get to take the chains off and then go home. They didn't get to just play at these things. The things that we're replicating are, are historical real pieces of history. Do you know what I mean? Real pieces of our heritage. And so the 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 way that you're supposed to feel, you're not supposed to walk in and, and be disconnected from it. You know what I mean? That's, that's not the purpose of it. That's not the purpose of theater, period. But that's especially not the purpose of this piece. And so if you're going into theater and you're expecting to just see something that has nothing to do, you know, that is that is then what are you going for? Yeah. Why, why are you putting your money towards something that, isn't, that you don't want to give you a real experience? Do you know what I mean? And so I think that it's, um, I think it's unfortunate, but I think that the fortunate thing in it is that we as artists, I think, are, are now more motivated to do this show the justice that you know, we know that we can um, and to tell the story with as much honesty and as much passion as we can because for those people who do come to see it, you know, we want to make sure that that they're getting everything that this show has to offer. Um, and and it was, I know for me, a bit of a wake up call. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is the environment that we're going into. Okay, wait till wait till eight o'clock. This is wait the environment this we've up. been in. The, right, right. You know what I mean. But it's easy long? to it's easy to forget that yeah. with the rest of the season, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. You know, we do shows that are by Steve Martin, oh, everybody wants to see that. Everybody loves to, you know what I mean? We we don't have to even worry about what the house is going to look like because Steve Martin's name is on it, so we're good, you know what I mean? And now that that has been brought to our attention, like I said, for me, that's just more fuel to the fire. Mm. Like when I get on stage every night, it's going to be on, you yeah. know what I mean? Because that's what is is behind me, is knowing that there are empty seats out there on purpose. And how, how much are tickets? Um, students, um, student tickets just, are $10. like $10. Um, adult tickets are 20 But if, if you come as a group, you can, um, you know, it could be $10 for everyone or even, um, or cheaper, like $8, you know, you know, if there's, if you have like a lot of students, 
then it could be end up being cheaper because we're trying to work with people because right. we know you know people are hard on money and we're gonna try to work something out. Um, we do need money because all this stuff is expensive. What right. we have, I'm, but I'm, I mean, um, um, we want people don't don't be deterred by the price. Mm-hmm. You know, try to find a way. You know, and and we will definitely work with you. I mean, a twenty dollar ticket is an affordable evening. Exactly. All things mm-hmm. considered, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's more expensive to take. Take a date to the movies, damn near then. One hundred percent. Yeah, for us just to come get a little bit of culture and, and enjoy a play together. And have I mean, that's a, a different a, experience. It's probably a really good date Hell because yeah. um, I suppose that the goal of the play is when you leave to invoke conversation. Correct. Yeah. So how could you go on a date with a nice young lady, go see this play, and not be able to talk afterwards Boom. about yeah. this? Boom. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe you impress her a little bit. You know. <laughs> you know. Uh, but. It's unfortunate. So let me ask, how, what kind of support are you guys getting, like, from the, the university? Well, we, we, we're we given a lot of support okay. in our department. They know in the past, and I'll be straight up with that, in the past there was a lot of racist situations that went down in our department. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those people have retired or some of those people are just not as active anymore. Okay. <laughs> They're still there. Um, and and so um, they know of what they, they've they done in the past or what the department has done. And so they are working um, ways to try to rectify some of those issues. And, um, and so with that, I have been given like a nice, you know, sum of money for the, you know, to put the show up because actually we were over budget. Mm. And I mean like, $8,000 over budget. And, you know, um, and they worked with us. Um, my, my chair worked with us to, like, we had to, like, cut some things down because, you know, some things got a little overboard, but it helped us on our creativity. Okay. And then so we um, we, ha- we had a compromise and a balance on some things, and then um, then we worked it out to what we have right now. But um, well, that's we, good to hear. we really have a, a, a supportive department, and they know – that, you know, there's a problem and they know that, you know, we are in Detroit, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of them, honestly, they don't know how to go about some of that. That's why, you know, I've been given some lead way um, um, to to make some of those changes. And also they're trying to learn and catch up so then they can be of better help. So. Well, we're definitely going to do everything we can to try to put the information out there to get Mm -hmm. people in to see because I want to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was. I got a little background information before, and I want to see it. I'm actually supposed to be going with the group on the third. Uh, oh, okay. To see nice. It. Good. Um, I, they've been blowing my text messages <laughs> all day in their Android phones. Uh, Good. neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but Take them to the Apple store after the show. I know, <laughs> right. I just want one group message with everybody in the same one, but people don't get on board. Mm-hmm. So whatever. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, so other than uh, this particular play, have you, any of you ever played a lead in any other other play? Yes, I just played <laughs> the lead in the first African-American, well, the first play written by an African-American playwright that we did last spring, which was called By the Way, Meet Vera Stark. Okay. Um, that play was not a full black cast. We did have a few Caucasian actors in it, um, and that was a beautiful experience. Um but harping on this experience, it's much different because, again, it's an all-African-American class cast. And the um, feedback we're getting from our subscriber base is much different, which is letting us know how we're viewed as African-American artists. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's not about 
needing to relate to a play to go see a play in a theater. That's not why you go to the theater. You mm-hmm. don't go see Underpants because you're German and you're going to relate to it because most people in the audience are not German that's seeing this play. You go see theater because it's a work of art that an artist is putting on and you want to appreciate that art. And there's a line in this play that we're doing now in the Color Museum from a character I play called Lala where she's talking about not being appreciated by America for her art as an African-American. And this experience has made me feel like we are not appreciated as African-Americans and our art that we create here in America is still not appreciated to the same level as Caucasian art is. Um, So for me, I want people to come see this play because they want to see African-American art, not because they want to come and relate to what we're talking about or be able to carry the conversation outside of here. I really want people to start understanding that there's value in the art that African-Americans create, and you do not need to be directly related to the issues that they're talking about in order to appreciate it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, And it it doesn't mean you have to like it. I think that's another, you know, a misconception. People think, oh, I I didn't like the show. That's that's a valid response. You know what I mean? You can see theater and and not like it or not agree with it or whatever, but... You can't cut it off before the experience of it, I think, is what's most important. Mm -hmm. And, again, if you dislike it, if you're the only person in the room uh, full of people who like it and you dislike it, that's the conversation. There's definitely You know what I mean? If everybody likes it, then we still have nothing to talk about, really. So I want people who don't like it and people who do like it and people who don't know how they feel. I want all of the responses in the room. And it shouldn't just be tunnel vision when it comes to it. Yeah. And it's not even, we're also not saying we only want black people to come. No, that's not it either. We want everybody in the room because that's where the conversation lies. It doesn't, like I said, if there's no audience, there's no show. So it's not even just about us on the stage. You know what I mean? We need the people in the room. The conversation has to happen from there. And that only happens when everybody comes in just and just see it. You know what I mean? Like I said, we haven't been trying to put anything on anybody about how to feel about the play. Right. Just come see it. Yeah. You come up with your own perspective, your own ideas, your own decisions, and that's how that's how the conversation happens. So well, there will be talkbacks um, after every show, so it will give an opportunity for oh, wow. people yeah. to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't That'd have to ask some. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Bring the director out here. Right. Yeah. Let me right. Talk to her. And yeah, and I'll be, I won't be there every night, yeah. but um, I will be out there a lot of nights. And, and so, yeah, they can ask me. They can say they hate it. I don't care. We're still yeah. doing it. Yeah. For the three weeks, you yeah. know, they can. I mean, but I would. I, I hope that there will be more profound questions. Something that we dig deep, not just a like and don't like. If they don't, then why don't you like right. it? Mm-hmm. You know, right. and so then we can dig into that and really have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is where it starts. Mm-hmm. That's extremely dope. I wasn't expecting for it to be question and answer. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So if you I mean you're creating you, a dialogue already yeah. literally already comes it's to baked the in. I know that there are gonna be some questions yeah. and I know you may feel uncomfortable. <clears throat> I mean there's some things I watch that I feel uncomfortable and I still love it. Like yeah. the um what was the name? Um I can't think of the name of it. I'll come back to it. I got because I don't want to mess it up. Um, but yes, I definitely want to be able to. I'm going to come down on the third open the week and um, to take a look and 
I think I'm gonna like it already because <laughs> I know I know who I am and I know what type right. of things I like and I'm yeah. definitely gonna love the conversation. How long is the play running for again? We run until the 18th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do you mean how long is the play? No, no. Like, just how, how long oh, is it? it oh, it runs what? until um it opens February the second and runs until the 18th. Okay. Um, so the 18th that's the only Sunday that it's performed. So I know we're gonna have a whole bunch yeah. of people with church hats on. Church folks. But I'm I'm all about it because we need to have a Sunday and mm-hmm. um and so after people go to church worship the Lord they come and talk about you know like our issues and so it can continue on um, um, the performances are Thursday once it opens on Friday the next weeks are Thursday through um, Saturday okay and then the last mm-hmm. week is the Thursday through Sunday and where can tickets be purchased at um, on at the box office um, and you can um, or go online um, what's the email address isn't it um theater and dance at wayne.com um, that you can go um, go to or call the number. It's 313-577-2972. Say it one more time for the people. 313-577-2972. Okay. Perfect. Um, it was James Baldwin, I Am Not Your Negro. Yes. 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 So, so I went there mm. and I watched it and people said, well, how do, did you like it? Was it good? Like, that's not a, it was a good or bad type of movie. Right. Yeah. Right. I can't feel good right. after watching it, but. But you felt something. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, it's not like, yeah, it was like Friday after next. I was laughing. My, you know, it's, this <laughs> right. is something that, it impacts you. It changes yeah. you. Right. You look at you, you leave like, oh, wow. And so it's one of those things. Well, yeah. yeah, I can't say yeah. it was. It, I don't think it was bad. Yeah. But me saying it was good feels funny. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't nothing good per se about what I saw and then um, in watching that movie you are able to like correlate a lot of things that are going on now with back then and that's what we're doing in In this this play play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about um, war black men in the military Mm -hmm. but then we have a war right here in the streets yes Mm -hmm. where we're getting killed for no reason that's a war you know, it's a war that men are coming back home with PTSD and they're not getting the um, VA benefits like they should. Um, should. And, in, and especially if you um, are black, you may get less benefits than a white person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a war right here. And, and being able to translate that and have that conversation mm-hmm. is real. Mm-hmm. Especially in the city. Yes. Yeah. With the mm-hmm. VA hospital right downtown right. and the ones who don't get the proper help, we see them. Mm-hmm. We literally right. see them around right. town. You probably see them around Wayne State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so we need everybody to come out and support uh, the first three weekends in February. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, and No the, excuse to say you have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the name of the play is called? Colored Museum by George C. Wolfe. Excellent. Um, do you guys want to do plug anything, social medias or any plays, anything you guys want to plug? <laughs> Well, you can follow me on Instagram at <laughs> Madam Tender, Tender, and I have all of my shows and flyer and information on there. Again, that is Madam Tender, M A D A M E T E N D E R. Perfect. <laughs> uh, you can, I mean, don't check my Instagram, but my website <laughs> is uh, ErnestBentley.com. Okay. Yeah. You got some of your work on there? Uh, yeah, you can see I my work, yeah, pictures, <laughs> reels, uh, contact information. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Uh, and you can find my website too, BrandonActRight.Weebly.com. Uh, you can follow me social media, I act right. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. 
same uh, same handle. And you can follow Madam Tender as well. <laughs> or go to my website, briartender.com. Okay. <laughs> um, if you type up my name, and that's hard enough for people, Belicia, and that's B as in boy, I-L-L-I-C-I-A, last name Hines, H-I-N-E-S. From there, you type that up, and you will find my website. You will be able to find me on Facebook, the Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, everything, all of that. So, and, and picture and, her and, with this real big afro. It's like, it's yes, I had an afro before I locked it. So, okay. yes. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you guys coming out. Um, I appreciate you all coming yeah, up. We appreciate you yeah. getting out and enjoying the show. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having us. You're more than welcome anytime. Um, like we say every week, I'm not saying we the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jay and Dane. Hell yeah. Peace. Hey.